You're listening to Pros Like Us. Brought to you by NFL Draft Blitz. And now, without any further ado, here's Alex and Lou. That's right, gang. We are back and better than last week, we hope. Uh, Zooming through the uh, non-playing season of the NFL, we're in June. Very, very quiet. Uh, Some free agents out there still making noise. Guys trash-talking. So really a lot of nonsense, but not uh, not much going on NFL-wise, other than the fact that uh, D-Hop and Dalvin Cook are available to anyone who should be so inclined. But as we record today on Thursday, the 22nd of June, the NBA draft is upon us and i thought i'd take this opportunity maybe uh talk a little bit about the top of the draft i don't know you know a ton about these guys but uh, a lot a lot of noise uh on a day like today and then the week leading up so uh alex uh, i don't know 10 years ago we used to do a, a show uh that was primarily based on the nfl draft but uh here we got the NBA draft and uh, yeah, the top uh, top player looks like he's coming from Europe. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, any thoughts at all? I'm always interested. You know, everybody knows who is going to be that number one overall pick. Um, obviously, it's it's a kid that has immense talent and he brings a lot to the table. Um, you know, you're going to talk about it a little bit later. But I'm more curious what the Charlotte Hornets will do with that number two pick because Michael Jordan is is selling his stake. But I think before he leaves, he's going to try to make his imprint here. And finally, you know, everybody knows who has picked the right player. And I'm just curious whether it's going to be Brandon Miller from Alabama, who seems to be the right pick. But he's got some off the field issues, you know, off, you know, some character concerns that I think teams have done their due diligence on. And then you've got Henderson, who didn't play in college. He played in the G League for one season. And, you know, it, it seems to be how is he going to LaMelo knows who is the ball, you know, that that's going to be an interesting question. So I always say this, the number two pick. Teams never get it right for some reason. They always seem to take the kid with more upside, the way they see it, a guy who is more raw. And then that number three pick always turns out to be a star. And I can go on and on. There have been a number of years, number of drafts, where a number one pick seems to be fine. He turns out to be a star. He knows who is. Then the number two pick is a bust three years you know, into you know, his career. And then the number three pick goes on to have a Hall of Fame career. So I'm just curious whether the Charlotte Hornets will get it right this time. Well, that's the big question, because I don't think there's any there's there's no question at the top. San Antonio's taken taking Yama from uh, from France. Seven foot five plays like a guard. Uh, I should say play that he had out to be a star. He knows who has the skills to play like a guard. But defensively, I think he's really going to be a huge disruptor early on offensively it might take a while um i mean you saw what kind of happened with uh with Giannis. i mean he actually really had to grow into his body and like develop an nba type game so we we'll probably see something similar to that and it's interesting that you mentioned the the top three alex because you know i'm thinking back you know way back uh i watched the air movie late uh, lately probably in the last few weeks and just going back to that 84 draft i mean with michael jordan would i mean everybody knew i think he was a really good player in college but during that run in uh the uh, the olympics that summer now obviously he was already drafted by that time but my god i mean it was like it was just like a revelation and for bobby knight to come out and just the way he talked about him as like the best player he He's ever seen coached and it, it was it was pretty amazing but that year the the draft went uh houston at one they took a keem Olajuwon, which you know you can't fault them you know for taking a game couple mvps you know championships whatever portland had the number two pick and they took another big guy speaking to your point was kind of a pro- 
rejection because he really never he played at Kentucky, had some health issues and so forth. I mean, I go back to him as a high school player. He's from Pennsylvania, won a couple of state championships. He was from the eastern part of the state, so it was always, you know, in the finals, east-west in Pennsylvania, and they dominated. But Sam Bowie was the guy, and he really never had a chance. I mean, just stress fractures, the feet, the back. I mean, there was, it was always something, and then Jordan ends up going third. So I don't know that these guys are going to live up to any of that, but to your point as far as the question at number two, it is a pretty interesting question that you bring up because this is kind of where the draft starts and you're hearing different things from different people and the fact that charlotte could go either way i don't know that i'm sure they've already set settled in on who they want uh but the pick the three pick may be in play for portland depending on what they're going to do with dame lillard are they going to trade him are they going to keep him if they keep dame I don't know that Scoot Henderson is really a guy that you want to bring in because, you know, ball dominance, uh, just kind of an alpha dude and so forth. I don't know if that's going to play with with Dame or that's really going to help them at all. Now, if somehow uh, Charlotte takes Scoot and, and, and they keep and, and Portland keeps the pick. Now it could get interesting because, again, it's going to come down to what what, uh, Dame does. But they could keep Dame, and Brandon Miller, I think, would fit in perfectly. I mean, he's kind of a uh, a Paul George type uh, uh, pre-injury. So not to say he's going to be as good, but he has that type of game or that type of ceiling, I think. So should be pretty interesting and, and it'll be like right, you know, right off the time. I mean, as soon as, as soon as uh, San Antonio turns in their card, then I, I think the fun is going to start. Um, as far as Wembenyama's is concerned, again, I don't, I haven't heard anybody bring up many negatives, you know, by anybody. I mean, any of the pundits and the guys that scout and so forth that are on the major networks and 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 some of the media people so and then some of the basketball people that obviously are analysts and so forth they all love his game uh and just from you know watching highlights i don't you know make it a point to watch much french basketball i don't know that you really can i think the nba app did a pretty decent job of putting some of his games on there and no doubt the skill i mean the, the way he handles uh, he's a decent shooter, very athletic, runs the floor like, you know, I mean, he just looks like he's a great prospect. But again, he's 19 years old. I think he's going to a good spot with Popovich and San Antonio, very stable organization. They're, you know, got the long game in mind all the time. It's not a huge media market. The only concern that I have is you don't typically see many guys over seven, two that are able to stay healthy. It seems like again, the way the game is played now facing the basket, being athletic. Now back in the day with, you know, we're back to the basket guys and whatever, it wasn't so much the pounding with these high flying plays and, and and a lot of, uh, I mean, just a, the, the body movements are just so much different. You see like guys like Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid. I mean, it seems like they're always on the floor. They're always falling just because they're slashers, but they're so big and lanky and maybe a little thinner. I don't know. I mean, it, it just – I'm thinking Chet Holmgren too, the kid from Gonzaga. Didn't play last year because I think he got hurt in the summer league. Another guy, but he's probably around 6'11", but still a facing the basket guy, deep shots. You know, he can create. He can make plays for other guys. All the skills in the world, but again, tall, skinny. So I think if San Antonio is probably going to have to really slow play this to let this kid grow into his body because at 19, he's already had some of these same type of injuries, ankles, stress fractures, back problems. So that's the only cautionary tale here. And I think 
again, it's really in his favor that he goes to San Antonio because they're going to have a long-term plan for him. It isn't a huge media market and uh, uh, there's still going to be expectations. I'm sure, you know, fans all over the world want to see this and I want to see it. I want to see him successful. But again, just the history tells us a lot of these bigger guys that have that athletic type game, it's, it's, it's kind of touchy with the, with, with the health. So that, that's the only thing that scares me about uh, Victor. How does this happen? I mean, I just want to call in conspiracy theorists out here. How did the Spurs get the number one pick when you've got probably a, a very talented kid coming up at the top? Like the, the, you know, the number one pick, no questions, you know, asked. Nobody can challenge him. Well, they had it's a lottery. Like, you know, they I had a lottery. these pundits. Uh, I do. I, I know. I know. They're very, they're very lucky when it comes to this. David Robinson, Tim Duncan. So I don't know. I, I wish I had an answer for you. Uh, but, you know, they were just horrible. They were horrible. I mean, they just were, have been a bad team for, for a while now. And it's just amazing that Popovich remains, not that you would fire him, but that he would want to stay, you know, but again, I guess it just speaks to his love of the game and trying to develop players. And this is, you know, probably going to reinvigorate him at his age to, to get a guy like this. What do you think of the, the trades that have occurred in the past couple of days? I mean, the Wizards have, have, you know, gotten rid of some of their top guys. Bradley Beal goes to the Suns. Porzingis had a career year with them and he got traded, you know, to the the Boston Celtics. And then it seems like the Memphis in there, right? They have a backup plan because Morant got suspended for 25 games. Yeah, he'll be out the first 25, yeah. Yeah, now they get Marcus Smart, who's a very good defensive player who's kind of developed his game. So it seems like, you know, there's some movement going on in the Yeah, well, Mark is smart. He's going to be the adult in the room, and at least for the first 25 games. And I think, you know, he can play with Ja, too. I mean, he's not a ball-centric guy, playmaker, defensive player. Memphis in there. The year. Um, I think from Boston's perspective, I don't know that they really got better making this move. It seemed like they were really hell-bent on getting Porzingis, who, oh, by the way, is one of these tall face the basket guys that has all the skills. Now, I don't think um, he's as skilled as Dwayne Bayama, but again, the game is similar. And the fact that this might've been one of the first years that he was truly healthy for a big portion of it. Uh, But that whole kind of like reckless, you know, slashing and so forth. That's one thing if you're six, seven, but when you're, you know, seven, two, seven, five, in this case, that's going to make it a little, uh, a little dicey. But I think from the Celtics perspective, I don't know, for some reason, they just wanted to move off of smart because there was another deal that, uh, that I think was in place involving a lot of the same players. And it just seemed like they turned around and made, made it happen, uh, throwing Memphis in there. So I get it from Memphis's point of view, uh, Washington, obviously, these are like some big salary dumps. I don't know that they really got much in return, you know, in terms of value. I mean, I don't, Chris Paul's not going to play for them. Uh, I think that's, that's going to end up being a buyout or maybe they somebody offers them something. But again, I mean, he's well into his 30s. His best basketball is, is well behind him. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of these NBA trades, you know, it, it's more money and getting expiring contracts so you get cap relief you know after the season uh i don't know that anybody really improved here outside of memphis i think that's a that's a big move memphis getting marcus smart again to kind of elevate the maturity of the team and to get them to play with a little more mental toughness especially playoff time now they a lot of injuries this year they're guys are all injured but you know it's a very very young team and here's a guy that's been to the playoffs as i mentioned before you know defensive player of the year he's he's going to get them you know in in good spots in games where maybe it gets away from them uh a lot like it did you know during the lakers series yeah we'll see i mean i'm actually excited for Porzingis uh because he finally settled in uh, you know, and became a good player 
with the Washington Wizards. Now he gets a chance to shine with the much better Boston Celtics team that, you know, has, you know, other stars around there. So he doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to carry and be the main guy. So uh, I would say that trade for the Celtics as far as I'm concerned, because they bring in a guy who can mix it up a little bit, who can shoot, who can score. And I think that's going to go a long way for, you know, the, the Celtics kind of, reaching and trying to get that elusive NBA finals again. Yeah. I mean, it didn't work out with him, you know, trying to play with Luca in Dallas, but you know, again, Luca's very, very ball centric guy. I mean, he, I don't know. I, I still don't know. I don't think they know who's going to fit with him. The Kyrie thing, maybe, but they're both, you know, it's like, you know, your turn, my turn type thing. And that doesn't work. So, so that piece of it, I'm not, I'm not going to put on poor Zingas, but you know, maybe being that third guy, if they keep Brown and Tatum together, which it looks like they're going to now since they shipped Smart, uh, maybe if Porzingis can fall into some sort of role, that third score is going to be big. Where Smart could get those points, but it wasn't like, I mean, he wasn't going to be a consistent score. So hopefully uh, the points that he was able again you got to be careful these guys that put up big stats on bad teams because you know somebody's got to score those points let's see if he can do it on a good team but i I agree with you this is i guess a decent roll of the dice by boston again i don't know how much better they get i mean because he's really not much you got to make moves i guess at, at certain points and uh boston just got to the point where like okay we've tried this a few times it ain't happening let's make something you know, let's let's make a move here. So hopefully, uh, yeah, the unicorn from I don't know seven or eight years ago for Zingas is is that guy. So now the new unicorn, I guess, will be Wembenyama. All right. So NFL, uh, still you got Dalvin Cook and and uh, D Hop out there, and to sit here and speculate where they go and where the best fit is is I, I think maybe just a not really a great the greatest use of our time, but. Uh, Coaches, let's look at some coaches on the hot seat or that should potentially be on the hot seat moving into the season. I'm sure some guys will get there as the year goes on if things don't go as planned. But uh, I, I got three guys here that you would think uh, they were probably on the hot seat last year. So it's got to be getting really, really warm now. And uh, I got to start with Brandon Staley, which I thought he was I thought he was going to be gone last year. But uh, uh, fortunately for them, Kellen Moore gets dropped into their lap from Dallas. So now I think that really ratchets up the heat on Staley because he's going to have to get that defense to play much better than it has. If Kellen Moore can get the, the offense rolling and maybe the defense still isn't that good, I think maybe. Maybe Staley's on his way out and Moore just slips right into the, the head job. And maybe that's the way that uh, the Chargers were thinking. But I, I got to believe Staley still. He was on, on the hot seat for me last year. And I don't know that they did a ton to overcome that. They did get in the playoffs, but uh, you know, it didn't seem like they had much of an answer that second half against Jacksonville where they just completely kind of went into a shell and they, they were just lost. So I – I'm just not feeling him as as a head coach in this spot. He might get another chance, but right now he's got to be on that hot seat. Well, I think he's the number one guy. I mean, you're right. Herbert there, he's got Kellen Moore coming in as this wizard offensive coordinator who should take the, the quarterback to another level. They've got all those weapons. Um, I just think it's going to be hard, you know, to justify it. Chargers have you know, weapons and, you know, very good defensive players as well. He's got to get it done. Obviously, they felt that he, you know, he is the right guy for the job. So far, he hasn't proven that. I mean, he certainly collapsed at, like, the wrong time, especially in the playoffs out there in that wild card game. So he's got a lot to prove. He definitely has to be that, that number one guy on this list. Well, you know, I've got Josh McDaniels on there. I've got to put him on there. He has to be on your list okay, as if well. Anybody, I mean, I'm okay, honestly. I have to do this just kind of as a public service announcement. If you're listening to the show for the first time, we have to put our cards on the 
the table that Josh McDaniel is Alex has a, a really strict bias against the guy. I don't know how seriously we can take you with this, even if it's warranted. But now to just a deep seated hate, not maybe hatred, that's a little strong, but just disgust at his ability to coach an NFL team is so apparent. I don't know if we can trust you on this one, Alex. I just don't know how he kept his job in the first place. Honestly. All right. Hear me out. The Raiders went all in to compete in 2022. They acquired Devontae Adams. They had, you know, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, Hunter Renfro. Then they paired up Chandler Jones with Max Crosby. The team started, then found themselves 2-7, and and then they finished 6-11. and The scapegoat for the season became Derek Carr, who was supposed to be Josh McDaniel's best friend because they were supposed to put up these grand, you know, great numbers together. They were supposed to get this offense rolling. You know, they had all the weapons, but it seems like Carr was let go and McDaniel's was kept. You know, I'm not the biggest Derek Carr fan. But I think Josh McDaniels basically sealed his fate last year, and they should have done the same thing they did in Denver. You know, cut him loose as quickly as possible. I just think, you know, now with Jimmy Garoppolo as his quarterback, with the team being a little bit worse than it was because he has shipped out some of the more talented players and he has, you know, returned some of those former Patriots. Josh McDaniels is basically writing his own story once again with the Raiders. I'm sure if Bill Belichick is going to stay with the Patriots, McDaniels will return as the offensive coordinator. So, hey, it's all safe there. He's certainly not head coaching material. I've said this before. He's not a leader. Tom Brady, he was riding Tom Brady for the longest time. Because Brady was running that offense and not Josh McDaniels. So, hey, good riddance. I'm sure next season is going to be the last one with the silver and gold. Well, I think Mark Mark Davis, uh, Spanos, they don't like to pay guys to not coach. Uh, And it was obviously the whole mess with group. And I think if it was just up to Mark Davis, he would have he would have kept him, and that was like his guy. I mean, he so he signed him with like a ten year, hundred million dollar deal. I mean, it was just amazing for a coach. And I think that I think I think Derek Carr's best friend was John Gruden, at least as much as John Gruden can have a best friend as a quarterback, because you know how he how fickle he is with his quarterbacks. The next guy I have. And I don't know if it's any fault of his own. I think it's more the, the dysfunction of the organization and the fact that uh, they're going to ratify new ownership is Ron Rivera. Again, new ownership. They didn't hire him. Uh, if they just want to, you know, again, completely cleanse themselves of everything to do with Daniel Snyder, he may be, the, you know, he may just be the guy that's on the outside looking in. Uh, so, the only thing that I could say that happens that maybe they give them another shot is if they have a, a winning season and contend for a playoff spot. Tough division, obviously. You've got Philadelphia, you've got Dallas, you got the Giants. You know, no, no easy pickings in at all. So you got six tough division games. So I think uh, for some other reasons, I mean, guy, I think he's a very good coach. I think that he can, he's the leader of men. I don't think there's any question of that. I think he's very respected by his players, but I think just for those reasons, he certainly is going to be fighting for his job. All right. My next guy, I'm going to go with the saints, uh, Dennis Allen. He was promoted internally after Sean Payton stopped, stepped away. The defense didn't look good. You know, the whole thing with Winston and Andy Dalton, now they have a real quarterback in Derek Carr. He comes in there. They have the weapons with Chris Olave. Still have Alvin Kamara. Hopefully he's back and resembles the old Michael Thomas. So Carr has the weapons there. Hopefully the defense returns back to its form. But if it doesn't, Saints have no more excuses and they would need to dump their head coach. He was a bridge coach after he was promoted internally. He'll have to succeed 
and you know exceed those expectations next season Dennis Allen is it's probably going to be let go by the Saints okay well I mean they've the, the division is there for the taking they've got you know some very young quarterbacks and unsettled quarterback uh uh situations that they're going to be dealing with again the teams they're playing I mean Carolina uh, uh you know rookie quarterback uh Tampa is it going to be Baker Mayfield uh more than likely it's Baker Mayfield so it's not like I mean he's had maybe one or two good seasons since he's been in the NFL and I don't know that 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 the roster is really in in his favor he's got some offensive weapons but they lost you know some offense some linemen uh, that's kind of a dicey situation there and then you got Desmond Ritter taking over in Atlanta which you know practically a rookie didn't play much last year it's set up for him that I think if he does fail I, I would agree with you this is one of the easier divisions I think to to declare yourself and say okay we're the bully on the block we got the best defense as long as the quarterback doesn't screw it up we're going to be good uh maybe that's the wrong approach i think that they do have to get a little bit more attacking on the offensive side of the ball maybe Carr can kind of get that piece of it rolling because the guys that they had you know last year weren't going to do that so now you got uh you gotta put, i think you gotta put mike mccarthy there you know he dumps his offensive coordinator who i don't know they were a top five offense like four three top scoring offense whatever for the last few years and we're going to get rid of our offensive coordinator i'm going to call the play so that tells me that the play calling is going to be a little bit more conservative we're going to run the ball a little bit more uh okay let's see how that works out for you coach but i think he knows that he's on the hot seat it's like okay if i'm going to be on the hot seat i'm going to go down swinging on my own merits here, I'm going to call the play. So I'm not sure what that's going to look like. Uh, it's kind of that comes from that West coast offense tree, if you would, but I think they're going to run the ball a little bit more. I don't know that they can beat the Eagles that they're, they have a very talented roster, but I think the Eagles still have a better roster. So if you make health equal for both teams, I think Philadelphia is still ahead of them. Obviously, playoffs given. Got to do it. Got to got to make the playoffs again. Probably need to win a couple of games. That win in Tampa, I don't know. Not to say you can't count a playoff win, but like Brady's on his way out. The team really had kind of checked out from from what I could see the last few games, and just it didn't seem like that was your best Tampa Bay team since you know probably the worst Tampa Bay team since Brady moved down there. So I got to believe McCarthy's again coaching for his job. Okay, I have a lot of distaste for Josh McDaniels, but you have to admit it, Lou. And I'm going to ask this question. Do you have more distaste for the Dallas Cowboys or Mike McCarthy? You, you don't like both of those, I don't, uh, you I know, mean, it's, the it's, franchise it's and the It's hard to say. I think it's more so, it might be a Jerry Jones thing. I don't know. I It seems like, I mean, since he kind of installed himself as the the center of the team it hasn't gone well he had i mean he i mean i don't say it is a perfect situation but i think they were rolling when they had jimmy johnson as the coach right and jimmy johnson i think proved over time and then after that with whether it was at the u and then also with the dolphins not that they like one big but i mean he was draft and develop i mean he was pretty good at that i mean he was kind of again kind of sort of credited with the huge the huge swindling when they traded away herschel walker and again i think jerry's just it's all about him and i i don't and mike mccarthy any of these coaches i think have all been kind of that uh what do you want to collateral damage if you would i don't know if they were great coaches but he did hold on to several of them a little bit longer than you would have expected. Whereas with Jimmy, it was just like, okay, we won, we won, eh, get him out of here. I don't like his ego. It's a, you know, it's becoming all about him. So I think it's more so, not that I've done a great job for the NFL. You can't fault him for that, but you can kind of fault him for it. If you're a Dallas fan, of just it's a little too much about him versus the team and, 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 Acquiring talent, the right talent, paying the right talent. 
so there's a lot going on there. But I think just at this point, yeah, McCarthy's kind of he may hang with him longer. Jerry hanging with uh, with McCarthy a little bit longer than you would think or if he was in another organization. But just some of the missteps in the playoffs or not getting to the playoffs and with, again, the perceived talent on the roster, they should be better. Do you think? Well, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, but Jerry is the same guy that held on to Jason Garrett. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Seasons. He did hold on for him. Uh, I think maybe, eh, I don't know if it was long, but maybe Wade Phillips a little bit longer than he, than he probably should have. Um, Dave Campo. Yeah, so that, that I think was just the wrong, that was just a bad hire. Uh, nothing, nothing against the guy. Would great defensive coordinator, and you know, obviously, you know, developed a, a lot of great defensive players wherever he's been. Um, I think he was a Parcells guy, so I mean, there was you know some pedigree there, but I don't know that it was uh, head coaching pedigree. So, uh, yeah, his hires since getting rid of Jimmy Johnson have, have been kind of, kind of suspect. So, uh, hopefully that answered your question but i think it's more jerry than it is the team or mccarthy for that fact that matter if jerry could do that over again i know I you'll never admit I, it i mean it's been honestly, 30 years I honestly don't, it's been 30 years but, i don't think he would but if he looks he still hasn't put jimmy johnson in their ring of honor i agree with that i agree with that i mean that's that's a travesty it's but if personal. he can, if it's, he looks it's petty. It's personal. but when he looks, when Jerry looks at himself in the mirror, he knows he made a mistake by letting Jimmy I go. Think, I I'm think I think so, but I, but he's not going to admit it. No, you'll never do that. You'll maybe never on do a, that. maybe on his death. But you know, I hate to think that way. But maybe on maybe you know before he. Did, but it seemed like they'd kind of patched things up a few years ago. But still, he hasn't put him in the ring of honor. How could you not? I mean, serious. I mean, the, I mean, that was, I don't know, as close to a dynasty as we've had. I mean, outside of the Patriots, that that run of uh, three three Super Bowl wins uh, in the playoffs almost every year. I mean, obviously that first year they were horrible, uh, Aikman's rookie year. But you know, soon after that, they they got it rolling pretty quickly, and he drafted really well. They made the right trades. I mean, he hell he came up with the trade chart so famously for you know moving around in the draft so anyway that's not either here nor there it's jerry's problem a uh, couple of guys that may be off the beaten path that, that, that you might not consider being on the hot seat that i think I, I just have a weird feeling okay now hear me out but sean mcdermott in buffalo this whole dysfunction with with digs now, Diggs had his issues in Minnesota, but it's just a little it's just a little weird. And it might just be between Allen and Diggs because they're going on a limb to say how much they love each other. And, oh, my God, or at least Allen about Diggs. But I don't know that it's quite solved. You get Leslie Frazier out of the blue that is coached a, a, a really – I don't want to say like an awesome, but a top 10 defense, top five defense in the AFC over the last few years, all of a sudden he just steps away. Like out of the blue, I'm taking a sabbatical. What? I mean, this guy wants to be a a head coach again. He might have a better chance, but, and I think it kind of stems back to that Kansas city playoff game where I think at the end of the game, again, this is just out there. I don't know how true it is, but McDermott takes over calling plays for the defense and everybody saw what happened in the last 13 seconds and then in overtime. Now, granted, both defenses in that game, nobody was stopping anyone. So it wasn't like Frazier had shut them down early in the game. So I don't know. But again, it's just very dysfunctional. A lot of emotions from last year, a lot of, I don't know. I just get a weird feeling there that maybe, Maybe this this is kind of like, okay, yeah, we better damn well win this division. I don't care about Aaron Rodgers or whoever these other teams are. We're going to win that. And we're going to have to, at very least, I think, get to the AFC championship game again. If not, go to and win the Super Bowl. So that's kind of a 
kind of a dark horse one. And then the other one is, is Sala in New York. Yes, they've built a great defense. Joe Douglas had done an amazing job drafting on the defensive side of the ball, some of the skill positions. Offensive line still isn't quite right, and I don't know how good it is, but they go all in to bring in Rodgers and Hackett. If they don't, again, advance and not just make the playoffs, but win a couple of playoff games, you got an erratic ownership. Again, another old older owner woody johnson maybe this the patience isn't there maybe they make a move again i wouldn't put them there but these are just a couple of names that i would say watch out to see you know how how quickly that goes and they're kind of in opposite ends in the, in the same division so they one might certainly impact the other for sure you know the mcdermott thing is is very interesting uh, i don't know there's a lot of like you mentioned there's a lot of tension there's a lot of just we don't know a lot of the things that are going on in that organization behind the scenes. And it seems like Diggs might have a slight at Josh Allen because he didn't perform well in the last game in the playoffs. And there might be some dysfunction there. And a head coach needs to step in and kind of just calm the, the storm and, and get the situation under control. And if the Buffalo Bills don't win... If they stumble once again to the Chiefs or the Bengals or somebody else, you know, if you're not winning in the playoffs, history shows that owners are thankful that, you know, a head coach came in, build a winning program, that he's getting 12 or 13 wins a season in the regular season. But when he's not getting it done in the playoffs, when he's not getting to the Super Bowl, when he doesn't win, Usually those coaches are let go, especially when owners in front office realize that, hey, we've got the roster. Like, all we need to do is just finish this thing. And McDermott might be just one of those guys that doesn't have that killer instinct. As far as Sala goes, I agree with you. I mean, you bring in Aaron Rodgers, you have everything in place now. We've heard all along that you don't have the quarterback. You don't have the quarterback in New York. Zach Wilson isn't the guy. And it's true. Now you bring in a Super Bowl winning quarterback who's won an MVP a couple of seasons, a couple of times. You have a solid defense. You have the running game. have all the pieces. So the Jets have to be in the thick of things. They have to be in the playoffs this season. If they don't get there, if they fall flat, then you know the head coach needs to take the the fall here it's not going to be joe douglas it's not going to be aaron Rodgers. usually the head coach is the fall guy so i i completely agree with with you on these two teams and in the afc east the last guy that i just wanted to throw out there was todd bolt with the tampa bay bucks i just feel like bruce arians basically like named him his replace step down but bowls hasn't really proven anything i mean last year he got the Bucks into the playoffs with the eight and nine record, but they were blown out by the Dallas Cowboys in the wild card round. So uh, I'm not sure that he's the right guy for the long haul. Brady has stepped away. Now he's got what Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask. I think the Bucks are in for a long season. I think they're in rebuilding mode, and I just ownership in the front office will have the patience to continue to build around and have Todd Bowles as their head coach. I think they're probably going to go younger. I think they're going to bring in a, a young head coach next season to kind of build up that roster and build that team all over again. So I would say Bowles' time with the Bucks is probably going to be over after this season. Yeah, common thread here. You're looking every one of these guys we mentioned, except for McCarthy, comes from the defensive side of the ball. And I've, you know, I don't know again if it's just coincidence or whatever. But if you look at the the way the playoffs go, the final four last year, I mean, they're all op- guys that come from the offensive side of the ball. You know, in terms of coaches that are getting their teams, you know, to the finish line. And I'm sure that doesn't, you know, that's certainly on owners' radar, right? And I and it and you feel bad, you know, for those guys. But I think the opportunities are become becoming more and more limited for guy defensive 
again, they all they know football. They know offense. But if you're spending most of your time, you know, coaching defense, calling defensive plays, that's kind of your thing. So, again, Staley was a college quarterback, you know, at his lower levels, but he's his bones on the defensive side of the ball, as is Sean McDermott, as is as Sala. Now, obviously, Josh McDaniels, another offensive coach, but, you know, he's kind of a – he might be in the pros like us, Hall of hall – of, not Hall of Shame. He's infamous on pros like us. How about that? Well, I, I wanted to say that not only Mike McCarthy is an offensive <laughs> coach there. You forgot my yeah. favorite guy. Uh, no, Raiders. I didn't. Never, I never forget your favorite guy, Alex. That never going to happen. Bowles, that you talked about, you know, Arians named him. Now, does if if if, if Bowles kind of midseason does now Bruce come back to the sideline and take his job back? If he had a a ready made on an interim basis, just what if he gets like fired at mid-season and like hey yeah why not i think I that would think be he wants I, that to would take be that over. would be interesting to me i think he had a lot of praise for baker mayfield in the offseason but i don't think he wants to take over a team with baker mayfield and not tom brady the bucks are horrible i wanted games and i just think that that that's not a team that bruce arians would want to take over even mid he's a di- he's a different cat man never up never in no risk it no biscuit let's go maybe 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 baker's just the kind of guy that that he likes all right so we're again a couple of months uh away from, not away from but removed from the draft and it's never too early to take a look at i wanted at some players who we think might have a very good opportunity winning offensive rookie of the year defensive rookie of the year um i think on the offensive side, the low-hanging fruit, uh, I guess, I would think most people, I mean, the betting favorite is probably going to be Bijan Robinson, uh, primarily because uh, he was a top 10 pick. He's going to get the ball a lot in that offense, whether it's running, receiving. So the opportunities save a an injury, and you never want to see that, but he's going to have the best opportunity because the the quarterbacks went ahead of, ahead of him are going to be in tough situations. Bryce Young may be in, in the best situation just because of the coaching staff and the defense that he's walking into. So he could be one of those guys that, that gets it done as the season goes on. But you got to, I mean, it's, for my money, I mean, Bijan's got to be the favorite right now, doesn't he? Yeah, he definitely has to be, especially at the where he's going to be playing, and he's going to get those opportunities. And Arthur Smith and the Falcons are going to ride him because they know who they have a quarterback. They know they have the workhorse and Bijan Robinson, and they're just going to give him the ball. I mean, Arthur Smith operated this way with the Titans when he had you know he had his success with Derrick Henry. So I, I think. It's it's the same thing here. It's the same tune. So I just think unless, you know, if Robinson plays the entire season, he's going to get the carries. He's going to get the touchdowns. He's going to get those receptions. And he's going to be an, an all-around weapon there. To me, it's a no-brainer. I think Bryce Young is going to be close. I would have to side with you and go with Robinson. He seems to be the easy answer. And I just, I don't see anybody else really like challenging him. And the only guy that I would probably say, and I said this last week, that he could have a a very good fantasy season. But I think Anthony Richardson, just because many people aren't expecting a lot. And I think he's going to early operate. I think he's going to go through his growing pains. But I think he'll have success on the ground like Lamar had. He's going to have, you know, he's going to have those rushing numbers. He's going to have those touchdowns. Even that, even if he's not going to be throwing a lot through the air, um, that he's going to put up those numbers on the ground. And that's why I think Anthony Richardson is kind of a, a sleeper, a major sleeper there with the Colts. He's not going to win a lot of games. I think he's going to operate in, you know, some contests, but those numbers will come on the ground. 
and I would say if you're looking at at, at past catchers, uh, rookies that that could have an impact, and and perhaps again, if Bijan's year is so so, maybe only averages a little over four yards a carry, doesn't get many touchdowns, but you know, again, a lot of touches, but it doesn't really live up to the hype because he is such a, a big favorite that could factor into some of this voting. Is guys will look at well, hey, this guy did this on this team, and it was whatever. If he would have had those opportunities, he's the better player. So I would look at guy, and again, these are dark horses, but I would say a guy like Dalton Kincaid in Buffalo. They really, you know, have kind of struggled to have like a, a number two receiver, or uh, in this case, would be a, a tight end. But I think you know they use him in the slot, much like you know if the Chiefs are using Travis Kelsey. I think this is a kid that can really feast, uh, especially if they don't get a, if they don't sign like a D hop or somebody like that, or, you know, Gabe Davis doesn't like elevate his game. All eyes are going to be on Diggs. So th- there's a good opportunity for Dalton Kincaid. I would also say a couple other guys. Uh, if Lamar is going to be throwing the ball as much as we think he is and OBJ and Andrews are going to be the obvious. How about Zay flowers? Again, I, I, you're not going to put him in the class of a Jamar chase or Justin Jefferson or, guys that are going to be that top guy but i think certainly could feast a little bit and i would say the same thing uh in minnesota because jordan addison could very well be the number two receiver there uh and you know justin jefferson getting a lot of attention so jordan addison might have a pretty decent year and who knows like i said if these guys above the ones that we mentioned you know stumble a little bit you could see something like that happen. I mean, per- fairly unlikely, but there is an opportunity for those guys. Defensive. It's interesting. It's interesting that you went with the tight end because tight ends, rookie tight ends usually struggle. And I have to look it up on Google, honestly, because I felt a guy that really lit it up during his rookie season. And I wanted to check it out if he did win rookie of the year that season. And that was Jeremy Shockey with the Giants. And I just think that we haven't seen a tight end, a rookie tight end, dominate like that. Where, you know, Dalton, they, you know, this was 20 years ago when Jeremy right. Shockey won that rookie of the year. Well, that's so it's going to be interesting to see if Dalton Kincaid yeah. can come even well, closer. Well, that's why I, I classified them as, as a pass catcher. Because you say tight end and you, you I think you get an image in your head of, of the way the position has been. I He's going to be he would be more of a slot receiver, you know, in my mind, they could just call him a tight end, whatever you call people call Travis Kelsey, a tight end dudes had seven consecutive years of over a thousand yards, multiple, you know, double digit touchdown years and so forth. I, you know, okay. You can call him a tight end. That's how he's classified. Occasionally he'll, he'll, he'll get in there and block in the running game, but that's these guys are pass catchers and i would say just the structure of that offense and that's the only thing i would say is that he wouldn't he wouldn't rank you know you wouldn't put him in the same category as uh as as some of these other blocking tight ends right i mean you just you just wouldn't put him up there more again the pass catcher so i just want to make that distinction defensive side of the ball going to go a little dark horse here there there weren't like uh, a ton of elite pass rushers at, at the top of the draft i think will anderson maybe it depends on how they use them you know that san francisco style defense that you're probably going to they're going to try to replicate in, in houston with D'Amico ryan's i think that's kind of the the conventional wisdom but who knows maybe they use them a little bit differently so i, I would say he's got a ch- chance but to me, as a defensive back, as a corner, playing for you know a coach that has done an amazing job bringing in corners and developing them, he goes in the first round. I little dark horse. I'm going Christian Gonzalez, the corner for New England. I just think he's going to have plenty of opportunities. Might get a bunch of interceptions. He's going to get toasted. Obviously, every rookie corner is going to get toasted. Everybody gets toasted at some point. But I think overall, here's a kid because of his ball skills and the team that he's going to and the coaching that he's that he's going to get from Belichick and his defensive coaches. I think he's got a real solid 
shot at winning that award. Cornerback is a tough position to play in the NFL. And for a rookie, I mean, that's that's a tall task. I realized that Seahawks, but that was a specific system that he played in. Uh, you know, the, the Seahawks know their corners and what they're looking for, and they put them in position to succeed. And sometimes, you know, those players that move on to other teams from the Seahawks, you never hear from them again because they were successful there, but not with another team. Um, I'm I'm going to be boring. I'm going to go with Will Anderson. I just for all those reasons, you I think D'Amico Ryan's is going to put Will Anderson in the best position possible to succeed. And I think he's going to have that Von Miller, Nick Bosa type of effect and. He's going to get after it, and, you know, you you always look for those guys that get after the quarterback. So, to me, it's pass rusher all the way. I really can't pinpoint, like, a linebacker. Usually a linebacker would win this award, right? But in this draft, I'm not sure that there is that one guy. So, Anderson, just because he's going to get sacks, he's going to make those impact plays, tackles for loss, and... And I think, you know, I'll go with the the Houston Texans. There has to be some good to come out of this. You know, they drafted two guys in the top three. One of them has got to take the, the award. Yeah, well, as as far as linebackers go, you got it. I mean, it would have to be one that's, you know, maybe playing a 3-4, uh, you know, on the edge linebacker. Because typically, I mean, especially the way the game has gone, uh I don't the value the, the value now again you start seeing it more because of the passing of guys that have the ability to to cover right I mean it's not those you know the downhill thumpers that are getting like 6000 tackles and whatever they typically don't don't win the awards at least lately so uh now again sauce won it last year but he's you know maybe he's just one of one and that was kind of an upset but i i don't know i just a sneaking suspicion that uh, gonzalez is going to have a good year and have that have an opportunity to do it but yeah will anderson uh you would think you know of any of the pass rushers going into that system being the, you know the top five pick he certainly, certainly should should uh, have a lot of attention on him. Well, a lot of people have raved about Christian Gonzalez uh, during you know the early portion of the uh, you know the Patriots mini camp and stuff, the OTAs, and they you know some good things were said about him. So obviously, Belichick Belichick knows how to coach those secondary players. He knows how to develop those secondary uh, those cornerbacks. He's done that year and year again, and he's done that every year. He's always found those, you know, guys, um, you know, diamonds under in the rough. And but obviously, Gonzalez isn't a diamond in the rough just because he was drafted in the first round and kind of fell into their lap. So we'll see. They've been he's been getting great reviews. They've been raving about him, so maybe he can carry it on into the regular season. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us this week. NBA draft goes tonight as we record. Always found. Uh, by the time you hear this, you will have seen all this kind of unfold, and uh, uh, hopefully, it's as entertaining at the top as as we think it's going to be. Uh, we're about a month away from some camps starting to open, so hang in there football fans we are right around the corner so for alex i'm lou as always Peace.